Clark, a woman on a mission. She passed Lynette Woodard for the major college women's basketball scoring record, dropping 33 points again. Minnesota Clark is now at 3,650 points, only 18 points away from passing Pete Maravich for most points by a women's or men's player in D1 history. Stephen A., something special. She is absolutely phenomenal. I told you, she's the future star of women's basketball and is going to be one of the biggest stars in all of basketball. She is the Steph Curry of women's basketball. 39.5% from three-point range, leading the nation in points mm-hmm. and assists at 32.2 and 8.7 respectively. Career 3,650 points. I love the fact that we mentioned Lynette Woodard because obviously that was something Michael Wilbon brought up just the other day about people are forgetting that, not to mention the great Cheryl Miller, who's a mm-hmm. two-time national champion and a three-time Naismith Award winner. That's how phenomenal the great Cheryl Miller, the sister of Reggie Miller, was. We cannot forget her. But Caitlin Clark and what she is doing right now is certainly something special to behold. Can't say enough about her. She's the future. Make Abs- no mistake. Absolutely. And Juju. We'll keep your eye on that girl Juju from yep. USC. Yep. Keep your eyes on her. Only a few games remain in the women's basketball regular season. Tonight we got two of the biggest on the schedule. Elizabeth Kitley, number five Virginia Tech, taking on freshman phenom. Hannah Hildago, number 17 Notre Dame, 7 Eastern on ESPN. Then on ESPN2, Angel Reese. And number nine LSU squaring off against Georgia. Sloppy to start the fourth for the Lakers. LeBron rocking it. Step back. Three on the way. Bottom. And now Harden switches out. Shot clock at five. James to Russell. His three is good. He'll drive. Lamp good with the left hand. Clippers back within two. Kawhi Leonard who catches and drives. Clippers down two. Fall away baseline. Short. Great defense, James. Gets the rebound. Ahead to Reddish with the exclamation point. Hey, Tim. Way to take it to your own hand, Tim. Way to take it to your own hand. What a performance by the King. My goodness. The Lakers trailed by 21 points, 15 seconds into the fourth. Their comeback win is the largest fourth quarter comeback by any LeBron James team in his NBA career. Brian Windhorst, just like you, Wendy. What did I tell you to start the show? Like fine wine. Unbelievable. Good genes. All right, Stephen A., how far can the Lakers go if LeBron plays like this? Because you had him kind of out of the mix, and then he put on that show last night, and I know you're kind of changing your your mind. I'm not changing my mind about him because he's been doing what he's been doing. Last night he was spectacular in that fourth quarter with 19 points, hitting five of the seven threes, uh, outscoring the Clippers by his damn self. He was absolutely phenomenal. So I had to apologize because, my Lord, when I was talking about the Lakers, I certainly didn't foresee that happening. LeBron was sensational. Major, major props to him. But my trepidation or hesitation about the Los Angeles Lakers has not been about him or Anthony Davis. It's been about the rest of their supporting cast. Who's going to show up to help? D'Angelo Russell was looking absolutely awful. Got benched this season. Come back. He's playing the way he's supposed to be playing. Rui Hachimura has been going through some injuries. Obviously, he's been back in the lineup. He's looked pretty damn good. Austin Reeves seems to be getting his groove and his confidence, too. And I'm paying attention to all of that. And so for me, when I see those contributions and knowing the three of them in the lineup with AD and, and, and LeBron got them at 10 and 3 in the month of February, remembering that they were the best team in the NBA in March and April last year, going 14 and 6 to close out the season before making a run to the conference finals. I can't ignore that 
But in the same breath, I'd be a fool to avoid recognizing that there's a plethora of talent in the, in the Western Conference that's gotten better this year. Dallas is better. Minnesota is better. Oklahoma City is better. Denver just seems to be lurking. We're the champions. We know we're the champions. We'll be here waiting for y'all. They just seem to be giving off that kind of vibe. Even the Clippers, despite what transpired last night, they look better. I think the team, we, we look at Sacramento and they don't look better. We have to acknowledge that. But outside of Sacramento, um, what if Bradley Beal is healthy in Phoenix? We got to pay attention to that. Golden State has been on a roll. I'll be at the Garden for that game tonight, Madison Square Garden. Knicks in the house against Golden State. Um, they have looked better as well. And so looking at the teams that have been better, yeah, the Lakers are looking good right now. But the flip side to it is that when you look around the Western Conference, so is an abundance of other teams. Jury is still out because we know what LeBron and AD can do if they're on the court healthy. What about the rest of the crew? It's so confounding when you think about the Lakers, and it's kind of like where we were a year ago. You look at them, and they are still in ninth place. They make this incredible victory last night, one of the great games we'll see all season. LeBron has a vintage game, another huge fourth quarter. They've playing very, very well recently, as Stephen A. said, getting the offense that they didn't have early in the season. And then you look at the standings, they're still three games back of ninth. Three games is a lot to make up. That's not something that happens in a week or two, you know? And so, and again... Uh, I'm sorry, three games back of eight. They're in ninth. Yes. So, and, and the difference between eight and nine is huge because it means one play and win versus two. And that's just a reality. Like, th- th- with where they are because of how they struggled early in the season and because of the depth of the West, like, I can sit here and present you a case of how they could do this, about how the matchups might fall their way, about how if LeBron plays this way at both ends, and especially in a first-round playoff series, Stephen A., because remember, in the first round, you get two, two days between games, and the ability for LeBron to recover after playing at both ends after a first-round playoff game, you know, might even benefit him even more. That I could, I could give you all these things and check off everything on this whiteboard, but you'd still face the fact that they're going to be underdogs all the way through. So you, you look at the Lakers, you say, this team won the in-season tournament. They were better than all those other teams, absolutely. You look at last year and see how they got the matchups that were just right for them and they made the run, and then you still look at their situation and say, yeah, but they're supreme underdogs. And the, and the bottom line is... With where this team is, it's going to take a performance like this or two from LeBron in a playoff series to give them a real chance. So they're fascinating, but it's still an uphill battle. One of the things that I think we need to pay attention to is that road games for the Los Angeles Lakers are not typical road games for most teams. Uh, They're the most popular franchise in the NBA. And when they go on the road, half the fans in the stadium usually are rooting for them. We got to pay attention to that. That's number one. Number two. We want to pay attention to the Clippers in this regard. Wendy, did you know this? Because I'm sure you did. It's a rhetorical question. The Los Angeles Clippers are 1-5 and five versus Western Conference teams in playoff contention this month. Losing to the Lakers, the Kings, the Thunder, the Wolves, and the Pelicans, even though they beat the Warriors. That alarms me. I know Paul George was out for the second straight game with the sore left knee. I know uh, Zubak was out as well. He was ill. Um, so obviously they could have made a difference in last night's game against the Los Angeles Lakers. But nevertheless, after we were making a bunch of noise about the Los Angeles Clippers, look at what's been going on with them. And, and Kawhi, even though he still looks good at 26 last night, didn't look, hasn't looked nearly as good as he was looking in November and December. 
you got to pay attention to that too. Yeah, they lost a little bit of their uh, momentum after the All-Star break. They had a great win in Golden State right before the break on the second night of the back-to-back on the road, and they haven't maintained that same level of focus and edge. Um, what I would say is they were ahead by 21 points in this game going, you know, early in the fourth quarter without two starters. They obviously fell apart down the stretch, and that's a problem because this team has scar tissue from falling apart in playoff series in the past, and that is, you know, that can't be ignored. Right. I still think they're a very formidable team. The issue is matchups are so important, and you're going to be hearing us talk about this to the point where you're going to say, stop talking about it for the next couple of months because the way it all lines up in the West is going to be such a big deal. And the Clippers have had some issues with teams with size. Size is so important in the Western Conference because you have some teams that have a ton of it, which is like Minnesota and Denver. You have some teams that play super small, like Golden State on Phoenix. And then you have some teams like Dallas who have built up their size so they can go both directions. So size is a big thing, and the Clippers have issues with it sometimes. Absolutely. And again, uh, the Nuggets will be at Lakers on Saturday on ABC. Stephen A. will be there courtside, so that one counts. That one's at 830 Eastern. You can check that out. Nuggets with the third best record in the West. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards, scoring beatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Back to the gridiron. The Kansas City Chiefs have been winning on the field, but off the field, a little different, fellas. The three-time Super Bowl champions were the second lowest-graded team in the NFL, just ahead of the commanders in the second annual report card that ranks teams according to various categories based on the results of player surveys. Out of the 11 categories the teams were graded on, the Chiefs were given a D-plus or worse on seven categories, including finishing last in the league in both training staff and ownership. Wow, interesting. Because they continue to create a dynasty. Lewis Riddick is here to help us make sense of it. Lou, thank you for being with us live from the Combine in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Lou. Lou, is the Chiefs' bad rapport a big deal or is this not a big deal at all? Look, on the surface, it would seem like it's not a big deal considering all the success that they have had, especially since Andy Reid took over and, and since Patrick Mahomes 
became the starter, but it is a big deal. It's a big deal because it's something that is talked about. It's talked about by the players down there. It's talked about by the players to other players who are prospective free agents who are coming into Kansas City or potentially are considering coming to Kansas City. And that's the kind of thing you don't want to have to always be dealing with. You don't have to always be fighting with and having to take under consideration when you're trying to recruit prospective free agents coming to your place. You don't want to have to constantly say, hey, look, we understand that we may be falling short in terms of this survey in all these critical areas, but we do have Patrick Mahomes, we do have Andy Reid, we do have you know, a winning tradition here. You don't want to have to always you know, have to sell yourself or oversell yourself to make up for some of the things that, quite honestly, just aren't up to par. And I can tell you this. The Kansas City Chiefs practiced at the Las Vegas Raiders facility in preparation for the Super Bowl. And when they walked into that facility, yeah. their eyes almost popped out of their head. When they looked around and they were like, wait a minute, this is where they live? This is where they practice? These are the accommodations that they're subjected to every day, and we're subjected to high school-level facilities, high school-level locker rooms, the kind of stuff that we have to deal with, and we're going for our third Super Bowl on our fourth try? Wait a second. Now, see, that's the kind of thing, that's the kind of reputation that starts to spread to other prospective free agents in particular. And look, Brett Veach has done a fantastic job of getting bargain free agents to come in or free agents on team-friendly contracts and play their rear ends off and play critical roles because of, the, because of the allure of playing for Andy Reid and playing with Patrick Mahomes. But eventually that stuff will start wearing out if you don't start taking care of the players in particular from A to Z. It's something that will become a draining factor. Hearing Lewis kind of describe it and talk about it, it obviously is a bad thing. I guess for me, Lewis and Stephen A. Molly, I'm shocked. I would have never correlated that it being so poor with Kansas City. I mean, they've won three Super Bowls in five years. You never hear anything about it. At least I haven't. I haven't heard anything both, you know, from the treetops and from the low level of the players of this is something that is an issue for us or whatnot. And maybe it's one of those things, you know, everyone has that saying in football, like winning cures all. You know, I've always thought of it as winning covers all. Like, you you know, maybe since they've won, ever since Andy and Patrick have gotten together and they've had this six-year stretch, that it's covered up some of those things. And it's it, it has to be a bad thing. And I think Lewis brings up so many good points of eventually – you can't use the, well, we have Patrick as the selling point or we win as the selling point and there's going to be more that's needed. I'm just surprised and shocked that it's so bad when I haven't heard anything about it and they won because usually that creeps into your ability to win. At some point, that daily um, lack of support or necessity creeps into your desire to win or your desire to go and do your job. You know, what, you know what's interesting about that, Dan, Stephen, I don't mean to jump in. I just, I just want to say something. Like, that speaks to the kind of ship that Andy runs. And yeah. it speaks to Patrick's leadership that they, they never talk about this stuff on the outside. All, for them, it's always just about business, the next opponent. For Patrick, it's about, I got to throw the ball better so, so Marquez yeah. Valdez-Scanley can catch it better. I got to take something. It's always about taking care of one another and not worrying about all the stuff that's going on around them that they know needs to be better. Think about it like this. Think about, look, Andy Reid's going to sign a new contract, okay, that's going to put him amongst the highest paid in the NFL. He wasn't even close to that coming into this. He should have already been that guy. And they had to fight tooth and nail in order to get him there. 
Mm. See, th those are kind of things that eventually, like we're saying, if the, when those two, if those two are ever not there together, what does that mean yeah. going forward in terms of players being happy with playing there? Let me take this um, to another level. Originally, I will openly confess I have to modify my thinking because originally I was thinking it's not a big deal until I saw the specific categories and the grades associated with it. Not just weight room facilities, but family treatment, yeah. daycare, stuff like mm. this. You're hearing all of this other stuff, right? It goes a bit deeper than that. And let me say this, you did, you go, treatment of families, nutrition, dietitian, locker room, training, training staff, team travel, ownership. They're overcoming and, and, odds. And, and think about this, nutrition, dietitian, locker room, and ownership all got Fs. Ownership got Fs. Now put Lewis Riddick back up on the screen so I'm talking to him and Dan Olasky, please, because I'm going to say something. You know, one of the famous photos, y'all, in sports history was when Muhammad Ali refused to enter the draft and obviously he was being ostracized and stuff. And then you saw Bill Russell and you saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and you saw Jim Brown and you saw very, very iconic photo that will live forever in the minds of folks everywhere. Why do I bring that up? Because even though this is entirely different, the fact of the matter is in order for change to be provoked, those who are in an elevated position have to step and reach back and say this is unacceptable. Which brings me to an Andy Reid, mm -hmm. which brings me to a Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the National Football League without question. The competition recognizes that. Patrick Mahomes is universally recognized one of the greatest quarterbacks to have ever played. Andy Reid is going into the Hall of Fame as one of the greatest coaches ever. Three Super Bowl titles in four years. Since 2018, the Chiefs have nine more regular season wins, seven more postseason wins, 162 more points, 1,656 more yards than any other NFL team. That is combined with three Super Bowls in four years, six consecutive AFC championship games. At that moment, you have to be somebody that goes to the honchos and like, what you doing here? Why are you doing this? We can take it in this room. This is first take. You understand what I'm saying? We've been number one. We've enjoyed a lot of success or what have you. Now, we'll go along to get along or whatever. But even Molly, without all joking aside, ask somebody if they mistreat Molly, what's going to happen? Stephen A going to say something. Yeah. You know why? Because I need her. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to take care yeah. of her. Yeah. She's the matriarch of this show. All the contributors and everything, all the producers behind the scenes, this is what they're doing. Let's make sure we recognize every one of them and the great work that they do. I have to speak up. Yeah. I have to say that. You understand? Because it's me. You're Patrick Mahomes. That's your franchise. You're Andy Reid. That's your franchise. And these basic things, these are basic now. Yeah. These are basic. Everybody ain't asking what Lewis Riddick pointed out. Las Vegas and the Raiders and their facilities. Okay, it might not be that, but you can't go from, you know, A-list treatment to, to going home and your stuff resembles uh, the equivalent of a high school mm -hmm. facility. You can't do that mm -hmm. to champions who have consistently gone about the business of taking care of you by producing for you. So to the Hunt family and everything else yeah. going on there, I would ask you to look at this report. You are the champions, but with great achievements 
come great responsibility. You have an obligation mm. to do better as an organization by your players. And yes, Kansas City Chiefs, if you are listening, you are being called out on national television for a dereliction of duty to people who produce for you on an everyday basis. Do better. Yeah. There, there, there's no question about that. Look, this is it's a bottom line business in the NFL. That's something you were taught from the very get go. If you produce, you get paid. If you produce, you get more. If you produce, you have nicer things. If you produce, you have opportunities within your own organization to really kind of, let's just say, um, benefit from the results of your labor. These guys should be benefiting. Andy Reid should be benefiting. His staff should be benefiting. His family should, their families should be benefiting in terms of how they are taken care of on game day. If they want to travel on the road, their accommodations on the road. Brett Veach's staff should be benefiting in terms of his guys who are his scouting directors, guys who are his scouts in terms of their pay, in terms of the quality of their travel, where they're able to stay when they're on the road. All of that stuff should elevate. Everything mm -hmm. should improve in that, in that way, especially when on the field – you're the most success, successful team in the NFL right now. The very, and I can tell you this, Andy Reid does his, his best to take care of all of his people. There's no, he fights tooth and nail to make sure mm. all of his assistants are paid. That's why I and said Brett Veach is trying to do the same. No, yeah. question, no doubt about uh, it. So, I mean, they're, note, they're trying. We'll see what happens in the end. The only category the Chiefs are in the top half of the league is head coach, which is Andy Reid. Mm. The only category. Every other category, bottom half of the league or worse. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. All right. Back out to Indy. There's my guy, Lewis Reddick. Lewis, tell me this. Which prospect will be the standout at this year's mm. NFL's Combine? Yeah, Molly, there's going to be a bunch of them. But I think the guy to keep your eye on is edge defender Chop Robinson from Penn State because, you know, by all accounts, this is a guy whose stock is all over the place right now in terms of how teams really feel about him. And this can be the kind of situation where they start feeling real good about him again. The word is, according to my guy Bruce Feldman and from coaches at Penn State, is that this guy has run at 6'3", 250 plus, 255, 260. He's run in the mid-4'4s in the 40. Now, if he can go out here and they think on the football field he played just as fast and just as explosive as former Penn State great Micah Parsons. And Micah was 4-3-9 in the 40. If Chop comes anywhere close to measuring that kind of 40 time out here in Indianapolis, you can best believe he's going to be square in, you know, the conversation as far as edge, edge defenders and going off the board much earlier than maybe some people think he's going to go right now. So keep your eye on him. I can tell you this, based off, based off of his tape, he has the best first step quickness of any pass rusher in the draft by far. He is shot out of a cannon. I can't wait to see him work out here and see what his actual times are going to be. Mm, all right, let's stay with Indy in the combine. So former Heisman winner, USC quarterback Caleb Williams, except expected to be drafted first overall in this year's draft. Williams told ESPN he would be, quote, excited to join the Bears as the number one pick, or if they trade the pick and he's drafted by someone else, he'll be just as excited. Mel Kuyper Jr. Uh, as quarterbacks being selected with the first three picks in the mock draft 2.0, highlighted by Caleb Williams, going number one to Chicago, who obviously has a very big decision with who they want at quarterback considering the Justin Fields situation. So, Lewis, I'll start with you. Uh, Dan Orlovsky obviously here with us. And, of course, Stephen A., which quarterback should go mm. number one in this year's draft? 
Is it Caleb? Look, yeah, as I have it right now, it is Caleb. But I've like have been very, very vocal about the fact that Jaden Daniels is on the come right now as far as how I feel about him being able to go ahead and cement that number one overall selection to and be worthy of it because of his play. Look, there, a lot of this is going to really be dependent upon just how this week goes as far as when all the principal parties from each team get a chance to sit down in some of these yeah. interviews here and really try to get to know within that 15 minutes a little bit more about these individuals, which can really kind of sway you from one to the other when the on-the-field grades are very similar. And I think, depending upon who you talk to, some people would say, look, for as dynamic as Caleb is and as worthy as he is of being considered the number one overall pick, you look at Jaden Daniels' uh, tape, have you looked at it lately? Mm -hmm. Have you seen this guy stretch the field, you know, spread the ball around, be able to create off-platform, throw the football from different arm angles? Have you seen how electric he is? It's going to be, to me... What could really close this gap and make it a toss-up is how this week goes, how these interviews go, how these guys come off, how these teams start to feel about what kind of people these guys are and how they will then integrate themselves into the, you know, uh, individual structures of the football teams. Because that's really, look, Ryan Poles has said himself, he is very confident in his ability to actually evaluate the players from an athletic and from a football playing standpoint. What scares him and what scares most general managers is getting the person right and getting the person right as it relates to will he be the right person for us. So I think that's really where these two guys, that's, that's really where the debate is going to be. Because, look, Jaden Daniels, I don't care what you say. This guy was the best quarterback in the country this year. Last year, obviously, it was Caleb. And Caleb didn't have as good of a year this year. I think they are very, very close, and I think that gap is shrinking by the day, especially if reports come out of here that Jaden Daniels had a heck of a week in terms of impressing people from a makeup standpoint. Yeah. Well, Sid, I, Lewis, I'm at the point where I would take Jaden Daniels number one. I, I would. Um, three reasons why. Number one, when I'm looking at, because nowadays, I, I, let, me, let me start here, actually. This is the hardest draft class for me. Lewis, you've been doing it a lot longer, just to watch and evaluate. I think the number one reason why is college coaches either make it so easy for these quarterbacks or so mm. difficult. I watch some of these mm -hmm. offensive schemes, and I'm like, I have no idea what the quarterback should be able to do here. So it makes it very difficult because mm -hmm. there's not a lot that transfers over. There's not a you don't see a lot of throws that you're gonna go, yep, yeah, that's that's what's gonna be needed on Sunday night football at you know third and ten and fourth quarter to go win the football game. Um, so so that's the challenge in and of itself. I think the three reasons why is number one, I think Jaden has the best ball placement versus man coverage. We know you're gonna see a ton of man mm -hmm. coverage in the NFL. Guys are not going to be open. You have to throw the ball away from defenders. I think number two, when it comes to the explosive plays downfield, we all know they matter in the NFL. What does it actually look like? So often we have guys that, hey, you had three touchdowns for 60-plus yards, but you didn't really do anything. It, it just is a box score stat. So, mm. like, who, what, what, do the, what do the explosive plays look like? And then three, the pocket piece. You know, I, I, CJ was so impressive last year with that. Joe Burrow, Lamar's growth in it, Josh Allen, Patrick. And so you're trying to find some of those traits in these guys' tape. And I think Jaden just excels in all three of those. And I, I've said mm -hmm. this, and I know the weight of the words. When I watch him throw, and I know he was your number one guy last year, and when I just watch the throwing motion, the actual throwing motion of Jaden Daniels, I think C.J. Stroud. It's a tight left arm mm -hmm. onto his chest. It's a very tight, small C, and it's quick and sudden. So yep. when I look at him, I go, "That's it's not a knock on Caleb. It's just the, 
the wow impressiveness of Jaden and when you yeah. watch his, it, all of his snaps. I am not qualified yeah. to debate this with you two guys. I've seen Jalen Daniels once or twice. Obviously, I watched Caleb Williams a couple of times. Uh, I can't measure them. I saw what he did against Colorado. I saw what he did in a couple of other games. Here's what I would ask both of you. C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, what was being said about them in last year's draft before one went one and the other went two, and clearly based on what we've seen thus far in their rookie campaign, two is considerably better than one, even though Bryce Young is in a horrid situation from ownership on down, and they got to get their their house in order, whereas Houston is on the come up. The McNears finally did something right, particularly with a black coach. Don't get me started with them. But you look at D'Amico Ryan, you look at C.J. Stroud, you look at what they Mm -hmm. brought together, look at how they they got the offensive and the defensive rookie of the year. We we, got to recognize that with the Houston Texans. I'm asking y'all, Compare last year to what we're talking about now as it pertains to Jalen Daniels versus Caleb Williams. Can y'all tell me what y'all see and whether or not the disparity is that flagrant or has the potential to be that flagrant, rather, because Bryce Young was hella fired mm-hmm. at Alabama, whether it has the potential to be that flagrant yeah. of a difference right now going into next season with those two compared to what we just saw with C.J. Stroud and obviously Bryce Young. Lewis, go first. Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll, if it could be, especially in year one. I don't know if it would be, if the, if the disparity in terms of their play and their style of play will be as great as what you saw this year. And obviously, as you said, there's different reasons as to why CJ looks so much better this year than what Bryce did, and a lot of that had to do with the situations. Because I think both of these guys are very, very, very talented. They have some special, special skills. They really do. For me, I will, I will say this, though. Why I was so gung-ho and so steadfast, in my opinion, on C.J. Stroud last year, a lot of that really came and really cemented for me once I got to see C.J. up close and personal at his pro day and watch him interact with the players out there on the field and the wide receivers he was throwing to and talk to Brian Hartline about him and talk to him about his upbringing and talk to him about all the things he had overcome and how poised this young man was and how much he valued trust and how much he valued relationships and he felt that if the place that he went to he could establish that kind of thing was in place, he was going to take off. And then I went to Alabama and I looked at Bryce Young and I stood right next to him and I talked to his father, and I talked to Coach Saban, and I tell you, I just came away feeling like CJ, to me, feels like the dude who was going to hit the ground running if you just surround him and give him some some nice consistency from which to work from. I just like the body type, Stephen A. I like the way he threw the football, as Dan was alluding to. Some of the touch throws that he made in his final year at Ohio State were breathtaking. I mean, absolutely breathtaking. I want to see Caleb Williams in person. I want to see Jaden Daniels in person because I'll tell you what, both of these guys can do some absolute freak show things with the football that you can't coach. And for as much as we love the fundamentals and we love the repeatable uh, football characteristics and traits, we also like the guys who can do the things that you can't coach, and both of these guys can. That's why I think they are nip and tuck right now. I think the three three things, Stephen A., who, what, and who, who, where, and what. To, to Lewis's point, who are they? We, we, this is strictly off tape. You know, we don't get to sit and mm-hmm. scrutinize these guys and spend the time that these teams do. So who are they? That is going to matter. Um, where they go? 
you know, what I think Chicago is going to be a much better place to go take a rookie quarterback than they were when they took Mitchell Trubisky and Justin Fields. So where they go to the mm. CJ and Bryce thing. And then, you know, we have gone so extreme with like, oh, these this guy's athletic. All of them are nowadays. All of them are. It used to be a plus. It's not anymore. It's a necessity. It's a requirement. So it's almost mm. like the, the reverse of like, how are you in structure on a consistent basis? I think mm -hmm. that's the separator that was with CJ and Bryce. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. After three disappointing seasons as the New York Jets quarterback, GM Joe Douglas has given Zach Wilson permission to seek a trade. Wilson, who has the league's second lowest total QBR over the past three seasons, isn't the only quarterback from this draft class that hasn't had the best of luck in the NFL, the 2021 NFL Draft featured five QBs being drafted in the first round, including Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance going with the first three picks, making it just the third draft in the common draft era that quarterbacks were selected with the first three overall picks, joining 1971 and 1999. All right, I say which quarterback from the 21 class has been dealt the worst hand? Zach Wilson. And I have to say this to you. This might be the easiest question I've ever been asked in the history of first day. Oh. Because let me tell you something right now. You look at his QBR, 28, 38, mm -hmm. 28, 38, and 30, his first three years in the NFL. He's obviously had some very unfortunate and bad moments, and we get all of that. Nathaniel Hackett is awful. Just awful. And he's so bad... We all know that he is in New Jersey because of Aaron Rodgers. Nathaniel Hackett is so bad, they should consider arresting Aaron Rodgers and incarcerating him for a day before, you know, just, 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 just for putting that man in that position and subjecting Zach Wilson to, for abuse. Zach Wilson literally could file for charges against Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, that's how bad he is. <laughs> that's how, he, the man's awful. The man's, he's never should have been a head coach in Denver. Never should have been a head coach in Denver. And then when you look at the Jets, ask anybody covering the NFL. They say 
It don't get much worse offensively in terms of archaic, instead of being rudimentary, yeah. in terms of being as pedestrian as the New York Jets. Nathaniel Hackett has no business in that position. The only reason he's there is because Aaron Rodgers wanted him there for Aaron Rodgers. And I don't have a problem with that for Aaron Rodgers because he's so great. The guy that has you comfortable, that you are cool with, I have no problem with it. But Nathaniel Hackett with anybody else hasn't worked. I'm sorry. It's just that. Listen, I'm not. T- I, I defer to the experts. You said the guy should be arrested. I think. I think that I, I really, really believe that Zach Wilson is in a position of, to file charges sure. because of the level of abuse he's been subjected to as the quarterback for the Jets. I mean, I don't think anybody, anybody can deny that. I, he listen, needs to leave. I, I've see. I've, I've I've kind of spoke out about that. Mac Jones as well. I mean, Mac Jones. That's because he had a defensive point. coordinator. Absolutely. And he had the worst skill outside but of maybe the Titans. But it didn't start that way. And last year with Bill O'Brien, it wasn't that way. That's why I didn't pick Mac Jones. But he that also had year. the worst skill group in, in the okay. AFC. Outside of, again, maybe Tennessee. Right, right. So you're talking about a guy that in his second year had a defensive coordinator's right. coach and in that two-year span. In his second year. Right. But not the weapons. But that's not the same as having weapons and not knowing anything to do with it because the guidance that you're receiving they is both so poor. have been freaking terrible as they, far as situations. Okay, okay. okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Who would I'm you take on more in their for their futures? I'm just saying that with Garrett Wilson Who and Brees Hall, those other Zach dudes. Wilson or Mac Jones for the future. I have no clue. I have no clue. I'm not qualified. I have no clue. I know this Justin much. Fields? Huh? Oh, Justin gosh, Fields. Justin Fields, yeah. Yeah. I, I know this much. What Zach Wilson has been subjected to is criminal. And you can literally, I, I'm telling you, he should think about press charges. <laughs> I'm serious. That's up. how bad they were. Man. That's how bad they were offensively. The si- what your situation to. matters. It's, it's, it goes it's, to show yes. your people don't realize it's not just talent. The situation matters where you get drafted. Some and people ain't a, meant to be head coaches. Some people ain't meant to be coordinators. You can get a job. But it needs to be. That was saw that movie with the office space from years ago. Yeah, I was great movie. When they went to it, you go like this. We're going to take your desk. We're going to put it way, way, way back there. You're like, no, no, no. That's how they should treat their jacket. The their jacket. We're going to take your office. And, you know, we're going to put it in the so basement. So what does Aaron see in him then? We're going to put it in the then. basement. You why, know what why is, why is on, Aaron man. so into him then? Because Aaron's obviously cerebral I mean, and knows somewhat, the game. This is somewhat an assumption by me, but it's cerebral. You read things, and I think Aaron, one, has a very close relationship with the person, like the, yes. the families yes. and whatnot. Yes. And then, two, Aaron likes to, like, control things. And Just I think, true. you know, and, like, kind of have the – And he's earned it. Yeah. And, he's and, earned right. it. Both Got on no the problem field and Aaron off Rogers. the field. And I think on the field, this allows Aaron to have complete autonomy at the line of scrimmage and getting in out of certain plays yes. and, and the creativity behind what Aaron does post-snap. I think he likes that. And clearly, Aaron Rodgers likes Tamir. You know, so he spoke to Grand Hill, loves Tamir. I'm so into you. That's why he feels about Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, that has something to do with it. That, that has to be it. I mean, it, it can't be anything else. I don't cover the NFL like that, okay? I talk about it on television. I'm a reporter. I listen to the experts, and I listen to the people within those locker rooms and the people in the league that has coached against this man. I have not heard flattering things about Nathaniel Hackett and the abuse that Zach Wilson was subjected to. He has a ju- he has justification to file criminal charges. He really does. He really does. They need to change that up, seriously, unless Aaron Rodgers is in the lineup, of course. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Even the greatest shooter of all time goes through cold spell. Steph Curry, 8 for 42, had one of the worst three-game shooting stretches of his career. However, Curry's hoping for a little magic at the Garden. As the Warriors face the Knicks tonight, the last time Steph was at the Mecca, he broke Ray Allen, my favorite player of all time, all-time record for career three-pointers in December of 2021. Stephen A., will Curry break out of the slump tonight at MSG? Of Hi, course Wendy. he will. They all do at the Garden. The Garden <laughs> is the playground for superstars. That's what drives has driven me crazy for years as a diehard, lifelong Knicks fan. Of course, the man over the legend, Seth Curry's last 10 games, Wendy, at MSG, this brother has averaged 28 points on 49% shooting from three-point range. 49%. This is who he is. Where did he break his work at all-time three-point shooting record? Where did he break it at? At the Garden. Where did Kobe drop 60-61 at? The Garden. Where did Michael Jordan drop the double nickel after coming out of retirement? At the Garden. What about LeBron and the great stuff? At, at the Garden. Kobe, Kobe dropped 54 at the Garden one time. I mean, it, it never, ever fails. It's the Mecca. It's Madison Square Garden. But let me tell you something that ticks me off. I'd still pick Golden State to lose tonight if the Knicks were healthy. But because the Knicks ain't healthy, I give the Knicks a slim to no chance of winning tonight's game. I'll be there, but Steph Curry, the greatest shooter God has ever created, I expect whatever slump he's been in, whatever mini slump, it will end tonight. It, it, it just will. It just will. Stephen A., I was at that game at the Garden a decade ago when he dropped 54. That was back before we knew Steph Curry was going to be right. one of the greatest players of all time. Mark Jackson coaching. Nobody will forget who was at that game will forget that night. I'm just going to say that. Um, I think it's a remarkable thing for the Warriors that they are still winning these games, even though Steph's been in this slump. Uh, they're 4-1 since moving Klay Thompson to the bench. He scored over 20 in three of those games. That's a great sign for them. Um, now, they've lost Andrew Wiggins. He's not going to be there tonight. He has to be away from the team for personal reasons. I'm so surprised. Um, so, so that's a it's a family issue. It it's an unfortunate is. issue. I know. But, I know. But um, that's going to be a factor that could help the Knicks tonight because they'll probably start Moses Moody there. But um, they've won their – hey, Stephen A., they've won their last six road games. Well, it's a real challenge for the Knicks to, to end it tonight. Real quickly, certainly not throwing casting any Spurs on Andrew Wiggins, wishing him nothing but the best. It's just that last year he missed so many games. And, that, and that's what I'm worried about here. That's why I reacted that way. I'm very, very happy with what I'm seeing from Klay Thompson because I think he's a key. If he steps up his game like he's been doing and he's more consistent with it, Golden State has a chance. And I love what I've seen. And congratulations to Steve Kerr for getting his money. He deserves he it. Sure 17 did. more than 17 years. He deserves every penny. Every penny. Congratulations to him. I'm looking forward to going to the game tonight. See my when man Joe Lake up in the crew. When are the Knicks going to be back at full strength? Knicks? 
Well, listen, OG Ananobi should never. be weeks away. No, 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 don't say that. Don't say that to we me. We don't know about Randall's shoulder. I know we don't, we don't know, know about Randall's shoulder. Everybody else will be back when it counts. Julius Randall, I'm very worried. Knicks get back healthy. They're going to the conference finals. They're going to the conference finals. I'm telling y'all that right now. If they get healthy, they're going to the conference finals. Okay, Stephen A. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.